You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here. I'm your host, and it is full gear this Saturday. Oh, baby. I cannot wait for this show. It's it's so, so exciting. Got a lot to talk about tonight. We got to talk about, uh, I'm going to be giving my AEW full gear predictions in this episode. Going to be talking about uh, AEW Dynamite this past week. Going to be talking about a little bit about some of the news stories. Uh, that happened, uh, some big news stories that happened this week, and let's just get right into it. Uh, one of the first things I want to talk about is Kevin Owens turning heel this past Monday on Raw. Now, I have been saying that Kevin Owens is most likely, and if you if you checked out our special episode this past week with my good friend Joe Stanzialli, uh, if you haven't, go check that out, that we put that episode out this past Wednesday, uh, we were talking about the state of wrestling at the moment, and we were talking about WWE and what's going on with their, you know, their releases and all this stuff. And we talked about the possibilities of Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, and Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen rather going to AEW. Um, Joe puts him inside that he he could see O'Reilly going, but he doesn't necessarily see Gargano going, and Owens is. As he said, very interesting. It's a very interesting situation. So, Kevin Owens, he beat Seth Rollins by count on this past Monday on Raw, and after the match, he turned heel and attacked Big E and powerbombed him on the apron. Now, I think it's safe to say, Kevin Owens is a much better heel than he is a babyface. Not to say that he's a bad babyface, but he's a much better heel than he is a babyface. Um... Because overall, I, I just I I latched onto Kevin Owens um, when he arrived in NXT, and I will fully admit that I never saw him in uh, ROH uh, as Kevin Steen. I was kind of late to the party with that, but I, I I when I saw his vignettes when they first came in, I was like, you know, this guy's very interesting. It's very he's very unique. He's not a typical WWE guy with the look and everything, but that's what I really liked about him. And I saw him move in the ring. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's fantastic. And I knew about the history of him and Sami Zayn being best friends. And I looked into that. Like, okay, so him and when Zayn was El Generico in, in Ring of Honor. And when Sami Zayn won the NXT title, we all saw him. He beat Neville after he said that if he didn't win, he'd leave NXT. Uh, and then Owens was walking back with him to the up the ramp. And then he power bombs him, turns heel the first night, and immediately goes after the champion. And Kevin Owens, to me, has been one of the most compelling, best characters, and one of the best wrestlers WWE has had in the past five, six years. And his contract is coming up in January. Now, I, I think it would be absolutely amazing if Kevin Steen was in AEW and you know we they'd have a really, really stacked roster at this point. The, the stacked roster that AEW already has. Um, however, could this heel turn potentially keep Owens with WWE. Um, personally, I mean, really, I'm not sure. We, we, I think we all hope that he would go to AEW because it would just be really cool to see him and the Young Bucks and Adam Cole re, uh, reunite Mount Rushmore, uh, their old faction in PWG, if you're not aware. 
Um, I'm not sure if this is going to really be able to um, to, to, to to keep him in the company. I'm not really sure if this if this is like, all right, well, maybe I'll see how this heel turn goes, and and then I'll take it from there. Maybe I'll resign. Uh, as of most recent reports, people in the WWE don't expect Owens to resign with the company. They fully expect him to resign uh, to, to to go to AEW once his contract expires. Because I gotta, you have to imagine. Okay, so he's gonna be feuding with Big E for the championship. Uh, I guess maybe he'll feud with him to the Royal Rumble. Kevin Owens versus Big E, the Royal Rumble. Um, it doesn't exactly say when in January his contract expires, but may, maybe he could stick around for the Rumble. Maybe he could stick around. Like, I, cause I don't know if there's a December pay-per-view going on in, uh, in, in Dece- uh, you know, that time because TLC has been now been canceled. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Do you guys think that Kevin Owens would be better suited to stay in WWE? Or do you think he should go over to AEW and jump ship, go back to being Kevin Steen? Personally, I've said on the podcast before that I think WWE need to keep Kevin Owens because they cannot afford to lose a big uh, top-level talent like that from their roster. Uh, other things that happened is that the Survivor Series matches have been made with uh, Big E versus Roman Reigns for, uh, well, not for anything, but uh, Raw versus SmackDown champions, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the millionth time, and they also announced that Team Raw would be Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, who were all on SmackDown just a few weeks ago. And then SmackDown would be Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, uh, uh, Sami Zayn, and Happy Corbin. But now on Raw, they they replaced Dominic with Bobby Lashley because Adam Pearce said that he wanted all former champions on Team Raw. And he didn't want uh, he wanted that going on SmackDown. I'm like, don't you book both shows, Adam? You book both shows, and this made no sense at all whatsoever. With Bobby, you know, practically squashing Dominic Mysterio, I, I don't get why they didn't just have him on the on the thing there. And because uh, apparently a feud is set to be coming with Dominic and Rey Mysterio in the near future, probably a WrestleMania match. Currently, I'm not into it. I'm not very in, in, enjoying it at the moment. Uh, and then we have the women's Survivor Series teams of Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina, all for Raw. And just only a few weeks ago, three of these women were on, uh, four of these women, I should say, were on SmackDown. And Team SmackDown consists of Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, not so Blackheart because she lost her last name, Natalia, and Aaliyah. Now, the only one I know for sure who wasn't on SmackDown was Shayna Baszler. Because she was on Raw for a long time. If you told me Natalia was on Raw, maybe I believe you. Maybe I wouldn't. But I, I, I think only one of them. I think because yeah, I'm pretty sure Natalia's on SmackDown. But who gives a shit? So anyway, that's what's going on with with WWE at the moment, and and, and it just makes me, and it just makes me wonder the whole thing with Survivor Series. No one really gives a fuck about SmackDown versus Raw. I mean, we, I. The only match I'm really looking forward to seeing here is like Big E versus Roman Reigns. Sure, the men's and women's five on five Survivor Series tag matches, they're always fun with the um, with the possibilities of, of people uh, trading, uh, you know, locking up and all that. Uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair for the thousandth time, which Becky Lynch had recently opened up her silence on with Charlotte Flair. 
Uh, it says here that she was asked by Sports Illustrated. I don't know, man. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk. So all I'll say is the locker room needs a, a hero sometimes. And sometimes somebody's got to be a hero. I'm all right being that hero. That's why. Uh, that's what I'll say on the matter. Uh, when she asked if she had a real-life heat with an opponent makes things harder in the ring, Becky said, oh, 100% more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. When you get two people that are wanting to work that are wanting to work together to make magic, and then you make magic. Sometimes when there's hostility, when you can't trust the person, then you never know what's going to happen. You always have to be on guard. It's like a game of chess. That You have to be thinking two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. What are you going to do? How am I going to handle it? If they do this, if they do that, whatever. This business is built on trust and working together. That's the art of it. That's the beauty of it. If I make you look good, you make me look good. It's an art. It's a beautiful art. It's an art I love more than anything. If people don't know how to make that art, then it becomes difficult. It becomes tricky, and you never really get the full potential, but there's intrigue there too because we never know what this is meant to happen. Was this not meant to happen? What's going down? There's interest in the boys. One way, it's the beautiful, pure art of pro wrestling. The other is a bit of shit talk, uh, of a shit show. So we'll see what happens. So, it says, the following exchange took place between Sports Illustrated and Becky. Do you trust Charlotte Flair? Lynch says, no. Are things difficult right now with Charlotte Flair? Yes. Were you guys, were you guys friends, are you guys friends and no longer friends? And she says, we used to be best friends. Wow. This is, um, I mean, it's, it's surprising, but not that surprising. Um... Um, we talked about the whole Charlotte Flair thing uh, maybe a week or two ago, and she really has alienated herself to the point where we know Becky Lynch is was one of her best friends. It is sad to hear that, but I hope whatever is going on with Charlotte, she can kind of just get over it, get over herself, whatever it me- needs may be. Um, you know, one thing that I am looking very much forward to that happened on Raw with Becky Lynch is that Liv Morgan won a fatal five-way to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. And I, I am all for this. I will support just about any wrestler who grew up in New Jersey, Deanna Perrazzo for one, Liv Morgan for another, grew up in Paramus, which is not too far from where I used to grow up. And... She is fantastic. She has all the potential in the world to be a huge, huge star. And putting her in positions like this with Becky Lynch only is going to make her much, much better. What they're doing with her and their endgame with her, I don't know. But I hope they have woken up and their heads are out of their asses and they can actually do something uh, positive and something really well with Liv Morgan. Because I truly think Liv Morgan can be a top-level babyface for the women's division for many years to come. Um... I would say if she hadn't she won this fatal five way, she could be a dark horse to win the Royal Rumble. Sure, maybe it's an out, an out there oddball pick, but that's how that's the greatness that I see in uh, Becky Lynch, in Liv Morgan, and where her career can go. She's absolutely fantastic. So that all happened there with Raw. Not going to cover too much about it. I will go, however, into the main event of New Japan's uh, blah, 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 <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom sixteen night one. It will be the champion Shingo Takagi defending the title against Kazuchika Okada. Now, uh, this should be a hell of uh, of a match. Uh, two of the best wrestlers in the world, obviously, 
And um, Okada was supposed to win the G1 uh, in the very beginning. He had won the G. He won the G1 this year, uh, and the Kazuchika Okada, unfortunately, suffering an injury in the recent G1. And uh, I'm hey, this is a good match. I would have loved to see Shingo and Osprey be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. That possibly could still happen. The way I think is the way Japan is. They're very strict with their COVID protocols. Possibly they could still do Osprey versus. Uh, Takagi or Okada, depending who wins, maybe night two, maybe, uh, you know, Osprey can say, I never lost my championship. I'm still the champion as far as I'm concerned, and I will face whoever the paper champion is. And that's, that's, I think he's, he called, he called Shingo an interim champion or paper champion when he won the title. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that in New Japan coming up over in, uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it just, just depends how Japan is handling the COVID protocols and what they're doing. Because uh, things appear to be getting better, you know. Recently, I saw a report that you know, uh, COVID uh, cases in the United States, at the very least, were down 57 percent. So we'll have to see how things go in Japan and take it from there. Also, that Kenta beat uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Champion, and he called out CM Punk. Now, this is a big deal for many reasons. One, it's Kenta versus CM Punk, and they're two of the best wrestlers ever. Well, Punk be one of the best wrestlers ever. Kenta be one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, and for those who may not know, they both have the GTS as their finisher. And if for those of you who really don't know, Punk stole the GTS from Kenta. The Kenta invented the GTS himself. So that is a match that we could see in the near future, whether it be New Japan or AEW. I would very much like to see CM Punk versus Kenta in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom. You can't tell me that that's not going to bring in buy rates for that pay-per-view and that's not going to draw eyes to the New Japan product because that would for sure get me. like that, that could be potential of like how big Jericho going over New Japan when he faced Omega a few years back. That could be a huge, huge money-making match. When that will happen, I don't know. Could it happen at Wrestle Kingdom? I'm not sure, but I would sure as fuck love for it to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. Going through the next story here is that apparently NXT has dropped the war, uh, not war games, but the the takeover in their name. So now it's just NXT takeover war games with my best impression of William Regal. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's sad, man. NXT takeovers. If this is truly the end, I would have really appreciated that last takeover even more. Um, you know, I, when I saw this, I had the idea of doing a t- my top 10 favorite of what I think are the best uh, NXT TakeOver matches in the in the TakeOver's history. So hopefully in the near future, we'll be getting that up in the podcast. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with the whole thing. You know, I, I caught a little bit of the highlights that happened on NXT this week, and Apparently, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner are going after the NXT tag titles with the, uh, going after Imperium. Why? <laughs> I don't get it. Why? Um, War Games, I mean, if there's going to be a women's and a men's match, I mean, the obvious people in there would be Toxic Attraction. Uh, they would be the in the women's for sure. Maybe Kaylee Ray? Possibly on their team? And then you have, you know, we could put Io Shirai and uh, Katie Katie Catanzaro and Caden uh, Carter and then uh, Zoe Stark. Uh, 
I would in that match just have Zoe Stark current heel because I just would like to see her and Io Shirai have singles matches rather than them being as a tag team, which is ridiculous. Uh, NXT I don't really cover these days because I just <clears throat> I'm just not into it anymore. Unfortunately, that's how it is. I I really do like uh, uh, Gigi Dolan, the former Priscilla Kelly, and I like Mandy Rose and, and Toxic Attraction. That whole thing, I like that whole setup. Um, I, Pete Dunne is still in NXT. And I love Pete Dunne. I love Kyle O'Reilly, um, but I'm just not into it anymore, unfortunately. So I it's I would be uh, I don't know, man. I would just I just don't like to. I just don't really watch it anymore. Even though it is kind of being back to be a developmental thing. I'm just, uh, my heart's not into it anymore. And it's sad because I used to be a big, big, big fan of NXT. Sean and I covered a lot of NXT takeovers and previews. You know, we we previewed uh, and did a um, uh, predictions for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, pretty sure we did cover TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Yeah, I think we did because we talked about SummerSlam that year. Yeah, that was 2018. We covered TakeOver Brooklyn 4. We were there at TakeOver, Takeover Brooklyn 4 floor for uh and i just realized that was the last nxt takeover i ever went to damn it uh, i'm very fortunate that i got to go to uh two different takeovers nxt takeover brooklyn one and nxt takeover brooklyn four um both really fun nights uh takeover brooklyn one was such a special special night sasha banks versus bailey the classic sto- show stealing match that they had one of my favorite shows to this day uh, and Takeover Brooklyn Four was a phenomenal show. Uh, DIY, DIY um, Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era, classic, fantastic match. Adam Cole versus Ricochet. That's what the the famous moonsault into the super kick spot. Amazing show. Um, and yeah, we used to cover NXT all the time, and now it's just like it's not what it used to be. You know, I miss the old NXT. I really, really do. Uh, moving on though. We talked about Becky Lynch for a minute before. Now I got to talk about Becky Lynch again, because it appears that Becky Lynch is on the set of Marvel's Wakanda Forever. I really wish I saw this article last night when I did my Marvel Star Wars podcast fan speculation. You can go check it out. We did the episode yesterday, so I'm going to read the article here to you. It says, as we've seen stars like John Cena, John Moxley, and Ronda Rousey, the <clears throat> linkages. Uh, between the squad circle slash octagon of your to your local AMC theater, we always uh, have existed with the bigger stars like Dwayne Johnson, Sasha Banks, and Dave Batista. The runaway from the WWE to be big screen more pro- uh, pronounced than ever. Now, would they say John Cena is a bigger star than Becky uh, Sasha Banks? I'd probably I, I you can argue, but then again, uh, Sasha Banks was in the Mandalorian, and I feel like Star Wars is a bigger property than Fast and Furious. Uh, anyway, Batista up for his Drax role six go round. Banks from the Star Wars universe and quickly claim Mandalorian series, as I just said. The Great One uh, will be seen as DC's Black Adam, and now it seems we might be adding the man Becky Lynch to that list. As WWE fans know, Lynch took some time off from the ring to get uh, to get married to be the architect Seth uh, married to Seth Rollins and have a new baby. She was promptly returned at WrestleMania this year, uh, turned heel. She pro- uh, no, she returned to SummerSlam this year. I, whoever wrote this article, uh, they are not wrestling fans whatsoever. Uh, Turn heel and became the Raw Women's Champion amidst some controversy. Rumors suffice that last year the Irish Lash Kicker will be joining the MCU and said a photo from last weekend had been given new, new to the, uh, news in that rumor. 
As you see here, uh, Becky Lynch is on uh, is on a set. She's in an uh, all-black outfit. Uh, this picture above found Atlanta's filming Instagram looks to be WWE superstar Becky Lynch on the set of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Lynch looks to be dressed for a part of a mercenary hire, which makes sense given the context of the scene shoot in the past for the weekend. Other photos indicate that Lynch is a part of a larger-term merc, uh, mercs, likely to be protected uh, for some research working on a vessel that we also photographed and shared on social media uh, from Murphy's Multiverse. Given that the scenes were filmed near the, wa uh, the water, it's possible that Lynch's character could find herself with uh, Technoc uh, Hirota's uh, excuse me, Namor uh, or some of his foes. Um, that's pretty cool for Becky Lynch. I'm a just talked about her before. Big fan of Becky. Uh, she has superstar written all over her and to be, her to be in the MCU would be a really, really cool thing considering I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Multiverse as you want to call it. Uh, these next biggest stories, uh, stories, uh, next better rest of the podcast, we'll be going over, we're gonna be going over, uh, the full, the go-home show for full gear, give my predictions in a little bit, and we're gonna be talking about what happened on Dynamite just this past Wednesday, leading up to full gear. So to open the show, we had Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. Uh, the biggest highlight from this is that Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, uh, they joined... They joined Chaos, the the uh, the New Japan faction called Chaos, uh, Kazuchika Okada's faction. Um, cool. Uh, I would love to see Orange Cassidy uh, get in the ring with some New Japan guys. Uh, I guess this means maybe we could be seeing some AEW guys go over to New Japan in the near future. Or New Japan guys come over to um, AEW, considering uh, guys like Okada were mentioned on commentary and Kota Ibushi was referenced in the main event segment of Kenny Omega and uh, Adam Page's contract signing. Uh, Brian versus Romero was a really fun match. And what I've loved about Brian's matches as of late, one, that they're amazing, and he's probably the best wrestler in the world these days. Two, that every single match he wins, just about every match he wins with a new move. He wins with like sh playing up the fact that Brian can beat you in any different position, in any different position. Uh, uh, any different uh, submission hole, which he beat Rocky Romero with the Tequila Sunrise. And I love that they're playing that up. Uh, inner Circle and America Top Team were... Uh, were uh, Tony Schiavone was supposed to talk with his Inner Circle, and then American Top Team came out and beat the shit out of them. Uh, they came over. Scorpio Sky just putting them over that they're going to win. Uh, you know, he's like, Dan Lambert's going to pin Chris Jericho at full gear, but tonight, Dan Lambert's going to... Dan Lambert is going to put... Chris Jericho in the walls of Jericho. And so he put him in the walls of Jericho and Lambert screaming out like, it's called a Boston Crab! And screaming out where it came from. Uh, I love this. I would think that maybe Inner Circle is going to get the win, but I will, on this Saturday, but I will give my predictions. Uh, I'll give my predictions a little bit. Uh, which seemingly plays up that Jericho will pin Lambert or make him submit the, uh, uh, this this weekend. Uh, Ty Conti and Anna J. Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel. This was a fun little six woman ta uh, six woman tag match. Um, I Jamie Hayter uh, was the one who ultimately took the finish. Uh, Ty Conti got the win and stared down Britt Baker for the uh, at the end of the at the end of the match. Uh, trying to play up that Ty Conti could win. She's been on a roll. Uh, Ty Conti, I I just. Probably not going to win on Saturday, but again, it's a tremendous upside. Uh, the crowd seemed to be very into this match, uh, mo mostly into the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker stuff, which I would think 
that's what we should really um, do in the near future. Have maybe Rosa be Britt's next opponent. Next, we had uh, Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bowens, and Anthony Bowens, uh, sorry to say, Max Caster, uh, he put Jungle Boy in his place with his rap. <laughs> I, I love, you know, he says you stutter every time you try to cut a promo, and saying the line that. You leave your do you leave your girlfriend alone with seven other guys referencing the Dark Order. Uh, Max Caster just a master on the mic, controversial as ever. Uh, this is a good match between him and Anthony Bowens, which Jungle Boy won, and Bobby Fish came out and attacked Jungle Boy. Isn't that interesting? Jungle Boy, who's currently feuding with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, who's friends with Adam Cole. Who used to be in a faction in NXT, if you didn't know. Um, that was really cool. Uh, and then we had this, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, are they going to reference this in the near future? Are they? Um, well, they referenced it right away. <laughs> so Bobby Fish was introduced to the Young Bucks by Adam Cole, and Matt Jackson's just like, yeah, we know who they are. We know who Bobby Fish is. And the Bucks say that Fish knows they know him very well, but tell him that this it's an era of the elite, and you can't dispute that. But since Cole vouched for him, he's cool. The Bucks say on Rampage it'll be Bobby Fish versus Jungle Boy this Friday, and Bobby Fish will take care of Jungle Boy. Now, we have to talk about the big old undisputed elephant in the room. So we talked about Kyle O'Reilly last week, and the previous week, that his contract is coming up soon with WWE, and it's going to expire this December. Are they building to an elite versus undisputed era feud? I remember seeing that segment, and I texted Sean, all in capital letters, I want UE versus the elite right now, all capital letters. And he texted me the gif of Willy Wonka saying, You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> I'm like, you're a dick. Um... Yeah, man, I, I don't think they would be referencing this if they didn't think that Kyle O'Reilly wouldn't be coming to AEW. Uh, I think it's imminent that he's going to come to AEW. I, I think he's kind of I think he's going to jump ship. I think UE's coming back. <laughs> I think they're coming back. I mean, I I was just I've been saying for the past few weeks that you know if they came back, you know, definitely have Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish link up again and be a tag team and reform Red Dragon. But I don't know if you necessarily want to get the three of them back together. It looks like that's what they're doing. <laughs> I, I like that they're referencing the history of Bobby Fish and Adam Cole together. And I like that a wrestling company is taking all these guys we've seen before and with whatever other history they've had in the past, they're referencing it. And they're not just being like, no, they're completely new people. You don't know who this guy or girl is, just like WWE. But no, AEW acknowledges that. And I really, really love that. And this just sent my brain into overload. I'm like, I need Kyle O'Reilly to get to AEW right now so we can get this this new version of Undisputed Era. I don't know what they'll call it, but it I'm very much looking forward to it, you know? It's, you know, Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega and the Bucks versus Red Dragon should be a hell of a lot of fun. And I think a very underrated match that people might sleep on is Kyle O'Reilly versus Kenny Omega. You know, two guys who move very differently Kyle O'Reilly, very more of a, of a mat-based wrestler, submission technical type of wrestler. And Omega, very much of a, you know, similar to an, an AJ Styles or, or a Shawn Michaels, but still very much unique in his own way. And I would love to see those two uh, lock up. 
We also have Wardlow in a squash match against Wheeler Yuta, and the House of Hardy uh, attacked the best friends afterwards. Uh, Wardlow was getting a lot of cheers from the crowd, which makes me wonder, could his babyface turn be happening soon? We'll get to that in a little bit of the predictions. Then we had CM Punk and Eddie Kingston shouting at each other in the parking lot, and the wrestlers and referees had to hold him back. Eddie Kingston tried to sneak around the people that were trying to hold him back to try and fight Punk, and Punk's like, come on, come on, let's go. Uh, this is a lead-up to their matches to full gear this Saturday. We also had a really, really fun, very acrobatic match with Leo Rush and Dante Martin teaming up against uh, Matt Saito and Lee Moriarty. Really, really fun. Uh, Leo Rush looked amazing in this match, and so did Dante Martin. Uh, I hope this partnership goes well with this tag team. Uh, I hope it goes really, really well because Dante Martin is a star for years to come. And if Leo Rush can stay healthy healthy mentally and physically, because I know he's kind of been in and out of wrestling the past couple of years because of mental health issues, uh, should be fine. This this was a lot, uh, so much fun. Uh, Dante Martin got the w- win with a uh, top rope, uh, I believe, like jumping from the top, jump like off of the ropes, not like the top turnbuckle, but off the top ropes. You know what I'm talking about. And hit a moonsault to hit the win and get the pin on uh, Moriarty, uh, Lee Moriarty. Uh, Miro says that he does not. Uh, that Miro wants to say, hey, what am I saying my notes here? Miro says what he does to Brian Danielson at full gear is not personal. It's just that Brian is a body standing in front of him. And Miro says that, we, that he needs to win the tournament so he can put AEW World title on his shoulder and the champion under his foot. Miro tells Brian to say goodbye to his wife so he can say hello to his. I would have really liked if Brian and Miro had like a standoff before uh, full gear to give a little bit more build to their match. But we all know the match is going to be incredible. Uh, I really love the last line of that promo. Um, we also had Pac versus Dax Harwood, which is the two grumpiest men in all of wrestling having a match beating the shit out of each other. So much fun. Uh, you know, I really loved how smart Dax Harwood of a wrestler he is. When uh, Pac got him in the Brutalizer, uh, Dax tapped out right away. Being smart and thinking about saving himself so he is ready for the tag title match this Saturday for against Lucha Bros. And then Malachi Black and Andrade came over. And, uh, the dark, uh, it, lights went out, lights went back up, and there they were. I, I just got to say, the visual of Andrade, Malachi Black, and FTR, so much better than the Pinnacle. So much better. I, I, You know, a while ago, I was reading reports that the Pinnacle are going to break up. Like, oh, no, I like them. You know what? Fuck it. Do it. Just fucking do it. I don't care what happens to Sean Spears. Whatever. Wardlow can go on a babyface turn. Uh, babyface, big babyface run. MJF be on his own. Let FTR fight with these guys. Like, this this is the House of Black faction, faction that I want. This is what I want, and it's fucking amazing. Uh, then the Lucha Bros and Cody Rhodes came down to even the odds, and Cody was, he's like, you know, maybe AEW's thinking like, well, maybe if we put him with other baby faces that they like, they'll cheer him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then we had, finally, the contract signing with Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. Both the Elite and Dark Order were banned from ringside, and they could not interfere. And this was a really good promo segment. Typically, they don't do this kind of stuff for AEW, but I was really enjoying it. So, Hangman says that he doesn't know what's left to say, and sooner the sooner he signs a contract, the sooner he gets his full gear win at the AEW World title. Page, uh, Page signed the contract, and Kenny said that he's sad because he and Page used to be friends, partners, and family, and that was and that ev- ugh, and that everything was meant for him. 
Kenny claims that he saw a little of himself in Hangman, but Hangman insecurity stopped him from becoming great, and that Page is a disappointment. Page reminds Kenny that he thought the same about his old partner, Kota Ibushi, and that Kenny felt like he didn't measure up to him either. Page claims Omega told him that he was proud of him last year at Full Gear. Hangman says Kenny is afraid of him. The last year he lost to Kenny, but this time he will win and become the new AEW World Champion. And that, you know, Hangman also referenced that that what he said to him was a lie, that he's not proud of him. Kenny says that he wants to shake hands with Hangman man-to-man so they can end their rivalry at full gear. Hangman hesitates but decides to shake his hand, and then the cameraman hit him from behind, and it was done, callous. And Kenny takes some of Hangman's blood from the hit and signs his name on the contract. And right before that happens, after he shook his hand, Kenny just said, Good job, Hangman. I'm proud of you. That's exactly what he said last year. And that's the lie. And I I love this segment. It got me so hyped for this Saturday. I, I This could be better than All Out. It could be. I don't know. But I we, we have been waiting, waiting for Hangman Adam Page to win the world title. Some people out there saying like, ah, you know, delay it. You know, let Kenny get more wins under his belt. And then Hangman can win. Nope. Fuck it. Strike it while the iron is hot. And we are going to go right into this. This is the latter half of the podcast. And we are doing my AEW full gear predictions. Here we go. The buy-in. Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Hukaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Hukaru Shida. I just see the baby faces winning here. I really don't have anything other than that. Um, next, let's go with Pack and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo, uh, with, uh, I said Malachi Black, I guess I did, Malachi and Andrade. I'm going to give this to Malachi and Andrade because I don't think Cody needs another win. Seriously, this feud needs to end, uh, but I re- I think this should be a fun tag match. It might be a bit of a sleeper. Uh, Malachi and Andrade to, to win. Next up, we have Christian Cage and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus of Jurassic Express versus the Super Click Bebe of Adam Cole, the Young Bucks. Uh, I am going to go with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks here. I think if you're going to eventually build this potential undisputed era feud, if Kyle O'Reilly does indeed go to AEW, I think that's the role we need to go. Uh, just keep getting the super click wins and then eventually, you know, have the turn, do what you want to do. Uh, next, we're going to do the Lucha Bros. Penta El Cerro Miedo versus Ray Phoenix, the Tag Team Champions, versus Dax Harwood and, and Cash Wheeler of FTR. Um... I kind of thought FTR could have won this match. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? They, the Lucha Bros just won the tag titles, and I feel like they're going to have the tag titles for a little bit longer, so Lucha Bros should retain the titles here. Next up, we have the Inner Circle versus American Top Team, consisting of Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olofsky, and Dan Lambert, the fat-faced dipshit himself. Uh, going inner circle here, and I think Jericho's going to be tapping out Dan Lambert. There's not much else to say about this one. Uh, Britt Baker versus DMD, the women's champion versus Ty Conti. Ty Conti. I can't take credit for that. I take credit from Cultaholic from Tom Campbell. That's very, very smart. Um, Britt Baker. I mean, I love Ty Conti. I think she's great. I think she's improved so much since coming into AEW, but Britt Baker's another level, man. She's she's elevating the women's division. She's the best part of the women's division from an in-ring standpoint, from a character standpoint. You can't beat that. So I'm going to go with Britt Baker, DMD, for the WIN. So 
Next up, we have Brian Danielson versus Miro for the winner getting an AEW championship match in the future. This is where things start to get pretty hard in the predictions. Um, on the one hand, you could have Brian Danielson win, but does that mean Kenny Omega wins to set up the sec- the rematch with the world title? You could have Miro win, but does that mean Hangman Page wins? I would say if Miro wins, it's more likely that Hangman will win, but I don't necessarily think that you have to do a babyface versus heel scenario. So, and I think Brian's been on such a roll lately. I think it's going to be Brian. I, I it, it's a toss up, but I think Brian will win the match. Next, let's go with CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. This one's a little easier. CM Punk, um, you could drag this feud out a little more, but this finally feels like Punk's actual feud in AEW. The promo segment they did last week on Rampage was phenomenal. I loved every second of it. Uh, But I think we do need to see some changes with Punk. We need to start to see him getting into other feuds. Um, I don't think that necessarily means we need to turn him heel, but he definitely needs to be doing other things. Like we, I think we're kind of over the whole CM Punk of like, I love this town and you guys are great and I love being here. And I, I think that ship has sailed with Punk. I love Punk, but I need to get some more stuff that I can sink my teeth into with, with CM Punk. And, but this match should be really good. Next, we have Darby Allen versus MJF with Wardlow in his corner and Sting in Darby's corner. Now... I was convinced for a very, very long time that MJF is going to win the match. But after I saw this image of Andrade, Malachi Black, and FTR together, and with them teasing this split with Wardlow and MJF for so long now, I I just don't know. Uh, you know, it could go either way. I feel like MJF could win and kind of wins on his own, but maybe he'll want to cheat, and maybe it'll be one too many uh, verbal abuses from NJF to Wardlow, and that's how Darby wins. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I truly feel like in the future that MJF will be a few, uh, you know, the the next heel AEW champion. I'm, I'm. Last time I bet MJF to win, he lost. But. I think I'm going to stick with MJF. Yeah, I'm going to go with MJF to beat Darby Allen. I think Darby doesn't need the win here. I think he can I think he can take the loss. And now your main event for the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega the champion with Don Callis in his corner versus Hangman Adam Page for the world title. It's got to be Hangman. It's got to be Hangman because How is it not his time? How is it not this man's time? From the moment he stepped into AEW, he wanted to be the champion. He wanted to be AEW champion. And now here's his opportunity. He was supposed to have his main event match against Kenny Omega at All Out, but in real life happenings, uh, him and his wife were uh, were expecting their first child. So congratulations to Hangman Page for that. And it's no guarantee that he would have won. It's possible that they could have halted his his uh, main event his title win for the future, but 
with Full Gear happening this Saturday, and then the first Dynamite back is in his home state of Virginia. I just don't see Kenny Omega walking away as the winner. And you can do Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. I want to see it. So Hangman Page for the win. He's going to kick out of a one-wing angel. He's going to win the title, and we're all going to rejoice as wrestling fans. Bit of a short episode this week, my friends. But unfortunately, we must cap it off here. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Please be sure to be following us on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, on Twitter at TNAWP. Uh, we get any uh, updates of any changes, of any special episodes coming up. We put up episodes every single Friday, but sometimes we put them out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for special episodes like we did this past week uh, for the State of the Wrestling Business Part 2 with my good buddy Joe Stanziali. Uh, please be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, wherever you can find us. Uh, download the podcast, share them with your friends, leave a five-star review, and tell us about what you like, what you don't like, and are you looking forward to full gear this Saturday? What's your favorite match looking for? CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen, MJF, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, uh, FTR vs. Lucha Bros. Let us know at TNAWP on Twitter and the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214 and follow me on Instagram at CJ underscore 1293. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Enjoy Full Gear. It's going to be a hell of a show. And Hangman vs. Omega could be a match of the year contender. Thank contender, Jesus Christ. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time.